0: Awesome. Hi, Allison. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm really, I'm thrilled to talk to you, honestly, and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Um, congratulations on the show, first of all. Um, I'm loving everything about it, and uh, particularly Myrtle in particular. Um, I was just wondering. Uh, you know, we've seen you do some period work before. Hello, Caesar, them, um, roles like that. But Myrtle's a little different. She's got that 50s housewife aesthetic, which normally means, you know, she might not have that agency that we want to see in female characters. But because of the retro futuristic nature of the show, um, I mean she gets to leave in a blaze of glory and just like be herself <laughs> unapologetically. And I was just wondering if that was kind of what attracted you to this role in the first place.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's, um, I think many of us, I won't speak for all of us, but I think many of us have a dream of just sort of saying like, "Bucket, it, burn it all down. I'm out. <laughs> and I'm um... And to watch somebody actually do that and then have to live with the consequences, which is she's living in a motel and she doesn't have a lot of money and she doesn't have a lot of options, Um, you know? Um, And she's, uh, and it's also the case, I think throughout the show of, and I think her freak out in the grocery store gets to the heart of it, which Mm. is just like, I did the things. I did all the things that I was told to do by society, by my parents, by everyone around me. I did the things and I'm not happy. So where, who broke what deal? You know, I was told that if I did all these things the right way, that it would result in my happiness and fulfillment. And it didn't. And, um... And I think many people can relate to the rage that comes from the realization that, yeah, doing all the right things might not. Um, and and the struggle for her is is sort of, I think, at a sort of midlife point. Going, what have I done? Like this, this following the rules got me nowhere, mm-hmm. um, besides a sort of thankless, loveless marriage. And a life without much of a point. Um, so to discover something in the promise of the moon is is like the promise of fulfillment. And when that too is like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> like- I will really burn it all down now. Like, yeah. I, will, I will actually burn it all down. <laughs>
0: yeah, as a, fel- as a fellow elder millennial, I really identified with that freak out in the grocery store. It's something I've often wanted to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, the elder millennial thing. Um, I just saw a funny meme that was like, elder millennial, like, yeah, one day we'll gather our grandkids around and tell them about Modest Mouse. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, it is. It's like, yeah, if you go to school, you'll get a job. No, no, you won't. And one day, you you know, if you save enough money, you'll get a house. No,
0: you won't. <laughs> I like, no. like, can confirm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like Social Security might go away. Yeah. So, like all of these things you're like, but no, that, those are generational promises made to me. Yeah. Um, that have been broken. So yes, so channeling all of that, all of that rage um, was incredibly uh, exciting. And I think it's done in such a wonderful way with like odd language and the retrofuturism Mm -hmm. lets us, you know, expand certain things and contract others in terms of importance because it's like there are still housewives today. Like we're not in the 50s, but the, we, we still don't have gender parity and the expectations mm-hmm. for women is still incredibly different than it is for men, much as there has been progress. So I don't think yeah. these are, um, you know, alien ideas to a modern audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any woman in a heterosexual marriage with children, I can speak to as <laughs> like, yeah we all get it
0: (laughs) (laughs) um kind of going along with that I mean Myrtle like you were saying you know she has a lot of rage within her we get to see her kind of in more farcical um situations we get to see her really tamped down and introspective she doesn't have quite as much screen time as the bright side sales team who were you know following a little more closely but she has all these shades that we get to see in that limited amount of time. How do you approach a character like that? Are you taking any inspiration from outside sources? Is it all like internal work with the script?
1: It's mostly internal work with this script and conversations with Lucas and Ahmed, our amazing showrunner, and with Matt, um, who plays Lester Kostopoulos, who's amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because most of my scenes are with him. I've known him for years. It was such a joy to be able to work with him. And to um, and you know it's partly uh, you know it's partly that both of us come from theater, but it's you know we get into the text. We're very happy to dive into text. Um, and when things don't feel fully fleshed out enough, um, we can. We were able to speak to Lucas and Ahmed, and they would they would jump on it in a way that I haven't. I mean, I've just it was such an amazing experience having such involved showrunners who are humble and responsive, which is not always the case, sadly, where it's like somebody might be sort of absentee or else like, no, this is the way it is, and you're like, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, so it was a great joy to sort of collaborate on some of those things because because, Each of those scenes has to tell such a huge story. It's um, honestly, it's my favorite because I just sort of would be able to pop in, Mm -hmm. do like something really intense and then be like, okay, I'm going to go pick up my kid at school. (laughs) Or in the case of the night shoots, drive home and then, you know, get the kid to school, which was less fun. But (laughs) Um, so, yes, I I deal in the way that... um, there is something there. It brings a hyper-focus knowing how much story has to be carried by Mm -hmm. these relatively short scenes um, that I enjoy. I enjoy that kind of high-pressure thing Um, and, uh, and, and the responsiveness of everyone around me to try and figure out how best to tell their story and how to really make people want a happy ending for Myrtle and Lester, which like we yeah. were just feeling from the get-go. We're
0: yeah. like,
1: we mean, Ellen?
0: Just a, a last question for you. Um, you know, recently you've done Devs and Picard, which by the way, I love you on Picard. And now Hello Tomorrow. I mean, is there something about genre and the storytelling that you can achieve, like kind of the unique approach within genre that really attracts you to these these things?
1: Yeah, I mean, first it's just script-based, but I do find genre to be able to explore society in a way that if you're coming at it head-on can be a little more preachy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, at this point in my life, I pretty much only read genre fiction. Um, And uh, it's not entirely true, but it's pretty true. (laughs)
0: <laughs> don't lie uh, to me Allison <laughs> yeah,
1: no. no I'm just like I'm because it's like those things are able to take our current moment and skew yeah. it enough that it give, it's like moving you know I moved from Canada to the states and it's both given me a view on the states that's different from someone born here and it's given me a view of Canada different than I would have had mm-hmm. if I stayed They're very, in some ways, very similar, but you are not able to see the differences so well with until you have a little bit of distance. And I think genre can provide that distance that allows for greater reflection. That's my experience.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure and joy to talk to you. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and congratulations on the show. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you.